Congratulations to our guy, Pro Bowl Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, and rookie Marvin Mims yep. on being not just Pro Bowlers, but Pro Bowl starters for all three of them. Man, this is uh, two years ago. Broncos had zero Pro Bowlers. First time in like decades that they didn't have a Pro Bowler. Now three. They're making some progress here. Yeah, they're definitely uh, trending in the right direction. And these are three guys that have played great all year and really been uh, the catalyst for change when change did come on this team. So uh, it's important to be recognized for all your hard work and uh, dedication. So the, all these three guys deserve it. And they're uh, really, really great players. Would yeah, you- I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad Marvin got in. But that one was a little scary for me because I think it was what it was two weeks ago. He had the longest punt return of the season for him. Um, and then a couple minutes later had like the fumble that resulted in the score on the other end. And yeah. so you're like, well, he just locked up a Pro Bowl spot with that return. And then the fumble, you're like, ah, oh, I'm not so sure. Um, but what? He's one of four guys in the NFL with a kick return touchdown this year. And uh, also, he would have led the NFL in punt return average, except he didn't have enough returns to qualify. So I wondered if, like, because people just, like, sort that, if they would just not notice that he had done what he did. But I'm glad he got in. There's so many qualifiers when it comes to kick return and pump yeah. returning. It's mm-hmm. it's insane. But essentially, what it boils down to is Marvin Mims made it as a returner. He's a starting returner. Um, he's the uh, has the best punt return average and kick return. Um, he's first in the AFC. So, yeah. like, come on. You can't be much better than that doing it both ways. So Broncos have... A spe- and by the way, Marvin Mims, only the third Broncos rookie ever to be in the Pro Bowl. I think it's fifth. Fifth? I think third return or fifth rookie. Because you got Vaughn, you got Phil Lindsay. Uh-huh. And that was and him. That was it. That's what that's I thought. It. Is yeah, that that's what it? I thought, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let it me double be, check. That's what I put out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got it all over our socials. Um, yeah, it's, it's Vaughn, Phil, and Marvin. And that's really hard to do um, because, you know, usually accolades in the NFL, whether it's coach of the year, uh, Pro Bowl, all pro, mm-hmm. that comes a year later. Like you, usually you do great and you are worth it, but right. they've already had some older guy that, you know, gets denied because of his playing time. And then you get it the year later. So for to get it as a rookie is really hard to do. It's such a good point because, you know, who didn't get it as a rookie? Pat Sertan. Yeah. And like speaking of accolades, like it that's what's so impressive with Philip Lindsay making it is an undrafted guy. But Pat Sertan came from the University of Alabama, yep. national champion, top ten pick. Like, if anyone's gonna make it as a rookie, especially the way he played, he also played like a pro bowler. He, he was snubbed his rookie season. But it's it's such mm-hmm. a good point, Todd, because the fact that just shows how good Marvin was that he was able to get it, despite being a second round pick, despite being a rookie. We forgot a couple of Broncos legends. Uh, Jim Fraser and Donnie Stone. Okay, so yeah, uh, tell me when they played because uh, the stat early is since 1970. Oh, there you go. okay, since yep, 1970. Yep. We don't care about people. Wow, from the 1960s. wow, the Broncos announced it. Yeah, this. sorry. This is this is the only time they get to have their name said. Broncos well, you, rookies who made the Pro Bowl. You said it, and I've even forgot their names now. Jim Fraser and Donnie Stone. <laughs> no, Legends. No Jim Fraser, Donnie Stone. Never forget. Legends. Um, Want guest positions? Uh. We'll go. Uh, I don't even know what the Pro Bowl looked like back then. <laughs> yeah, like, I would love to see. It was probably was actually like so Bowls. hardcore. Yeah, yeah, probably. Because now it's the complete opposite. Yep. Guys probably like 
they paid for their hotel if they made the Pro Bowl or if they won. And if they didn't, like, they lost. Dang. That's what it came down to. I don't know. <laughs> I just imagine, like, mobsters on the sideline right. and just... Smoking heaters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Jim Fraser is a linebacker. Donnie Stone, a fullback. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Should the Broncos have had a fullback make the Pro Bowl? Let's talk about Pro Bowl snubs. Because uh-huh. Michael Burton has been uh, mentioned as a Pro Bowl snub. I don't know really how you qualify and, uh-huh. and make a legitimate argument for a fullback unless he's out there catching touchdown passes. Uh, Michael Burton is a really good fullback if he made it. Uh, deserve it. The play he had this past week on Lil Jordan Humphrey's 54-yard touchdown. Have you seen the whole play, Todd? Mm-mm. So he makes a block. He picks up a, a linebacker blitzing, which allows Jared Stidham to run up in the pocket, hit Lil Jordan. But then Michael Burton continues downfield and makes a key block, which if he doesn't make, he makes it at the 10-yard line. So he mm. runs like 40 yards downfield, makes a key block, which if he doesn't make, that guy is tackling Lil Jordan Humphrey. Sean Payton said he didn't realize the play until earlier this week. It was such a special play, as he said, that he showed the entire team and said, if you think you're trying hard, watch this play because you can always give more effort just like Michael Burton did. He compared it to, remember Champ Bailey against the Patriots in the playoffs, I think playoffs, Mm -hmm. um, picked off a ball in the end zone, ran it 98 yards, started to slow up and maybe do a little touchdown celebration Mm. at the two-yard line, and... uh, um, a tight end, uh, forgetting his name, for the Patriots, ran a- completely across the field, took an incredible angle, and hit Champ, knocked him out at the two-yard line. He said, that play reminds me of that. Yeah, those are important, those effort plays, because effort is free, man. Like, It's just something you decide to uh, put out day in and day out. Uh, and I think, you know, especially at fullback, it's all effort. Yeah. It's a very thankless position. You don't get a lot of love, um, but that's, that was a great play by him. Man, how many times did a coach tell you effort is free? How many times did you hear that in your life? A lot. A lot. It stuck with me. I think I tell it to my kids all the time now, so they're yeah. probably sick of it. Yeah. Uh, who's the biggest Pro Bowl snub, Hank? Um, I guess Quinn, if there is one. I, I kind of think they might have just gotten it right. Um, I, <laughs> as, as great as Quinn has been, like there are a few established guards in the AFC, and... I don't know. It's it's maybe not right that it takes time to to kind of become known as a really good offensive lineman. Like that's one of those where it feels delayed. It's not like receivers where it's like, oh, you just had thirteen hundred yards Pro Bowl. It's like you had a great season, but also these three guys have been Pro Bowlers for like a decade, so it's tough to put you in in front. So I'm not I'm not like outraged by anything. Would have been cool to see Quinn get in, but maybe we'll see him anyway. Todd. Um. Do the Ravens really need both of their linebackers to be in the Pro Bowl? Like, <laughs> there we go. Is that really necessary? Um, I felt like both of the guys in the middle played yeah. great all year, and they were making like game-changing plays for the team. So either one of them, I felt like, could have been in that Pro Bowl conversation for sure. Who would you make the case for if you had to choose um, one? Dang, you can't do that to me. <laughs> well, you're the expert here. No, I can't no, make no. a case for one over there. You're the dude. <laughs> uh, you know... Because everybody looks at the stats, I think you have to say Alex yeah. because his numbers are so high. Yeah. But if you look at gameplay and who's actually directing and handling, um, getting everybody lined up, getting everybody situated, making sure everybody's on the right play, that allows guys to go out and execute, you have to say Josie. So mm. it's tough because they both bring two uh, things to the table that you desperately need as mm-hmm. linebackers. How do you think it's measured who makes a Pro Bowl linebacker? 
Like, what do you think jumps out to the fans who vote, the coaches who vote, the players that vote? I think it is uh, missed tackles. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a low rate for missed tackles, I think that definitely jumps out. Of one. course, like being able to provide sparks with interceptions, like a Fred Warner, mm-hmm. uh, being good in coverage and, and big time plays. Uh, I think I also think it's about your team if they're winning or not. Mm. I think all the linebackers came from winning teams this year, and I think it's just because mm-hmm. you get more notoriety. Um, they see you more because your team's winning, so I think that definitely plays into account. Definitely. And also, I mean, I think back to Josie this season, and he's done a pretty good job forcing turnovers. Like, I would imagine this is one of his better seasons, but he has had just a couple more opportunities. Like there was that one on Sunday where it's like it would have been almost impossible to get under that ball that Pat knocked down. Uh-huh. But like you get that one. There there have been a couple of those this year. If he wound up with those, he would have had a really good shot. Yeah. Dang, man. Because one of those guys I think should have had a, a case there. And uh, I think for fans, the number one thing they, they look at, which I'm curious if you think is right or not, is tackles. Uh-huh. The total number of tackles. And no one does it better than Joe, than Alex Singleton mm-hmm. on a consistent basis, year in and year out. When it comes to like just four years ago, I think yeah, even four years ago, he's racking up a hundred tackles yep. uh, as like not even the starter with the Eagles. Does that for a couple of years? Comes to Denver, mm-hmm. um, is up there at the top last year, and then right now he's fourth in total tackles with 164 tackles, only six shy of Zaire Franklin for the lead in the entire NFL, not just the AFC. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, yep. tackles definitely have to be up there because that's our job as linebackers. That's the number one thing we're supposed to do is go out there yeah. and tackle. So, uh, yeah, he's been racking up for a long time. He's been doing a great job. Um, and 164 tackles in 16 games. That's ridiculous. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Has he's he rolling. broken your streak? Uh, no, not for... So he lost one, right? Yeah, yeah, he lost <laughs> That's one. right. He lost Which one, is yeah. crazy because he finished... He he tied for the... I guess not the all-time record because they started counting tackles in like 1999 or whatever. But the, the most 10 tackle games in a single season. Yeah. But he didn't get them consecutively. No, not You've consecutively. You've got the record. You yeah. still got it. Yeah. For a little yeah. bit longer. What is it? Is it eight? Um, it's ten. It's I forget. I think it's... It's a single-digit number, okay. But I'm not sure exactly. I think, I think it's it eight, is. and I do think at one point this season Alex had six. Yeah. And then they stopped showing that stat. So my guess is he lost it right after the six. Then. Our guy Todd Davis still holds that record. <laughs> I love it. Anyone else that we need to mention for the Pro Bowl conversation? Uh. Give Bowles a little love. Like I'm not surprised he didn't get in, but he's. I mean. He's one of the five best left tackles in the AFC, you know? How many alternates do they have? I, I they go at least They didn't announce deep. alternates. So, like, they, they all, everybody will say, like, he was an alternate. Like, the teams are announcing, like, he is an alternate. But nobody's saying, like, who's the first alternate? Who's the second alternate? And the, as far as I know, the league hasn't sent that out. So, so Quinn and annoying. Michael Burton are the alternates for yeah. the Broncos. Yeah, but I, they might be first. They might be second. Who knows? I think if J-Mac would have started the year, I think he yeah. had, a, had a strong case. Yep. For Pro Bowler, he played phenomenal all year, and look at the five-game winning streak. He's making a play in every single one of those games. Yep. And so, I think he just started the year. He would have made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's but, such a good point. He's my biggest Pro Bowl snub, yeah. and I could, I didn't even remember him when we started this conversation. <laughs> Todd, that that's exactly it. Because when the Broncos were making their playoff push and legitimately in the playoffs, 
he was arguably the team MVP. Yeah, Because sure. he was arguably the defensive MVP, and the defense mm-hmm. is what carried them, and the Pro Bowl votes uh, reflect that by two defensive guys, one special team guy making it. But, yeah, I think I think you're right there. Yep. That's, a, that's, that's probably it. Also, so I put out the predictions thing. I predicted three Pro Bowlers, which is nice for now, but there's two alternates, and one of those guys is probably getting in. I also predicted that this would be the year that like the NFL would say like, ah, oh, nobody cares about this anymore. We've got to go to flag football. We've got to do all that stuff. Totally forgot they've already just gotten rid of the game. Uh-huh. Flag- and usually when you screw something up, everybody on the internet's like, you, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. Like, how'd you do this? How'd you-? Like, but I don't think anybody else remembered that there's no more Pro Bowl game. Like, it is just flag football and tug of war and longest throw and like I think they play Madden against each other. And I, it's the Pro it's Bowl just, games it's now, so not dumb. the Pro Bowl game. It's so dumb. You know who does? You don't re- like it? I don't, I'm not gonna watch it. Like I get from like a player's perspective why you wouldn't want to just go play a football game. Uh-huh. From an outside perspective, like I, the, honestly, the only one that's kind of interesting is the kick tack toe, where they put up like the nine yeah. boxes and like the field goal uprights and the kickers have to hit the thing. That one actually is kind of interesting to watch. But the rest of them, it's like, I don't need to watch grown men play video games. To I be do fair, that already. I haven't watched grown men play in the Pro Bowl for 20 years. Yeah. If, oh, okay. if even ever okay. in my life. Yep. It is crazy how football is in the NFL is the number one sport in America mm-hmm. by far. I love it. I'll watch every single game that I can. Yet they have the worst, and in my opinion, have always had the worst all-star game. <sighs> they, not always. Yeah. Like back back in like the like 2005 like when did it change like early 2010s I guess was when people stopped kind of tackling each other yeah. but before that it was a real football game with the best players in the world and back then it was incredible How Yeah but it like never five? I it mean never it would have changed when I was like 13 <laughs> It never competed early. with like the slam dunk contest and the no. three point no. contest no. slam dunk contest or the home special. run derby yep. like yep. Yeah, that's yep. true. And we the had fact no that the all star game in baseball meant home field advantage yep. for the World mm-hmm. Series. Not, maybe that's not fair. I just love that there was something on the line. And like you said, man, growing up, the NBA All-Star Weekend was awesome. Craziness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and speaking of being right, being wrong, Broncos country did not believe in this team making the Pro Bowl. We put out a poll over at DNBR yeah. underscore Broncos an hour before the Pro Bowl roster was announced, and we said over under two and a half Pro Bowlers for the Broncos. Broncos fans, just like every uh, uh, fan base, ultimate homers. 86% of people said under wow. two and a half, and yeah. it went over. So shout out to Pastor Ten. Pastor Ten, by the way, just named right when we started this show. He was just named the Demarius Thomas uh, Team MVP for the Broncos. This is an award that started a couple of years ago after the late great DT passed away where um, the local media gave out the team MVP award and this year we're giving it to, to PS2. That's huge. Uh, DT was such a great guy so I think that's an amazing mm-hmm. award and I got to tell this story uh, kind of still this my cousins but <laughs> a couple years ago we had like a holiday a New Year's Eve party like an all-white oh. party and um, the, one of the cousins that I brought to the yeah. show last week he was there and uh, we were all hanging out and DT was there. And like, it was like three of my cousins and they all had on like jewelry. And DT was just talking to them, hanging out. And there he was like, where's your jewelry, man? Like everybody else has jewelry on. And literally takes off an iced out, like <clears throat> I'm getting like <clears throat> choked up or something. Cause I feel like it's just a great example of who he was as a man. <clears throat> 
takes off his chain and literally gives it to him. <clears throat> and that chain had to be worth like ten to fifteen thousand yeah. dollars and just takes it off his neck and gives it to him. <clears throat> he wears it every day and he loves it, but that's just the kind of man DT was. So amazing, wow. amazing man and great guy. Man, <clears throat> that is I'm getting uh chills. That is way too cool. And DT from a media <clears throat> perspective, he treated me with as much respect as any player ever has and it when i saw him uh, uh whether it was talking to an undrafted guy that was a rookie that probably wasn't gonna be on the team next week or he's talking to von he tried he taught or treated every single person the exact same that Absolutely. is such a cool story Tom. yeah he's a great dude man great guy for sure i was just going Truly back and nice. watching uh it was a whole big thing so i started with like what did peyton manning look like when he was in college and I was like, oh, this is crazy. And I was like, was he that twitchy and stuff in the NFL? So I went back and watched, like, it was like every touchdown he threw in 2013. It is crazy going back and seeing what he did on the football field, too. Like, like he really was a great receiver. Like, just the speed and the size and all that. Yeah, it's crazy. Wait, how'd you get from Peyton Manning? Well, because but you were just watching Peyton. Yeah, I was watching Peyton DT. highlights, oh, and they're all just like yeah, Demarius, yeah. just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, making yeah. a guy miss and running sixty yards. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is so insane that DT and Calvin Johnson went to a school in college <laughs> that did not prioritize yeah. wide receivers. In fact, yep. prioritize wide receivers less than any school in the country. Just wild. Yeah, it is wild. Then, like, two first, like, everyone saw the talent. They were first round picks coming out. And yeah. then, um, both just absolutely incredible players. And uh, we mentioned Alex Singleton. I want to bring mm -hmm. him up one more time because we got a really cool super chat that rolled in. But first, I've got to tell you about Circle K, where this one is time sensitive because Circle K has their fuel day. Have you guys heard about Circle K's fuel day? Uh, it is a way to get big savings off of gas. So today, between 4 and 7 p.m., you're going to save 40 cents off your gallon of gas, every single gallon that you purchase. Uh, and you're going to get 25 cents on top of that by downloading the Circle K app and signing up for the Inner Circle, Circle K's free membership program. So you can get 65 cents off a gallon of gas. And if you got a big truck... 20 gallons of gas, that's going to save you a lot of money. So this is today only from 4 to 7 p.m. Stop by your Circle K, download the Circle K app, and then you're going to get up to 65 cents off per gallon. So check them out. Circle K's handing out free money today on gas. Uh, DraftKings also handing out free money. So my, my girlfriend's gone on a work trip which means big, big stretch of betting right here because uh, that's how I entertain myself. Um, honestly, didn't do too great yesterday. Just I came really close, but today there's the uh, stepped-up parlay mm. where if you, if you put together 10 legs in a parlay, uh, then it'll be your payout is doubled, which is an incredible Ooh. deal. Um, so what so I like to do... boost? Yeah. So the Oof. rule is everything has to be... Minus 500 or longer odds. So, like, I've got, like, minus 45, minus 455, minus 440. So, they're all just heavy, heavy, heavy favorites. And I've got my first college basketball game going right now. Um, and, again, like, it There's winds up... playing right now? Yeah. That's what... I was so wow. excited when I saw wow. it. <laughs> yeah, so... It's like March Madness two months early. Yeah, instead of having 8-1 to one odds, 17-1 to one odds. I guess it's, like, 8.3 and 16.7. But, yeah, 17-1 to one odds, and it's just 10 of these heavy favorites. So that's what I'm doing today. Um, and then Avs are underdogs tonight. 
that's rare. Nuggets aren't nearly as heavy favorites as they should be. Got a little parlay going there. Uh, you guys should join me. DraftKings Sportsbook. If you use the code DMVR, you can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5. Um, plus, you can actually get an NBA League Pass subscription on us. So this is only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMVR. The, co- the, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, uh, which is 467369. Uh, in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. League Pass reward issued as promo code to redeem subscription and must be claimed by January 15th, 2024. See DraftKings.com slash promos for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, it's nice to put that okay. on you sometimes. And, and who the hell is writing out these numbers? Why is it 168 out instead of just 168? I can read 160. I know what that is. <laughs> it's so tough when you read 7, 7, 8, 7. It just doesn't, it doesn't work the right way. Man, I uh, I know the people responsible. You want me to introduce them to you? <laughs> Send them this, this clip. I'm upset. Okay, okay. Well, I'm upset. Clip it. That's a great clip. Um, okay, speaking of things we need to talk about, Henry, would you, uh, what was, can you remind us the deal you made with Alex Singleton oh, gee, and his yeah. charity? Okay, first of all, deal is a stretch because Alex just said he'd do it if he got the money. <laughs> I wasn't involved in the decision making at all. So what happens is he has this charity. Um, it's a... Uh, Tackle tackle inclusion. I believe it's called tackle inclusion. Um, and I really should have looked that up. The idea is that for every tackle he makes, um, people pledge a certain amount of money. So you might say, like, I'll give you 50 cents for each tackle you make. He winds up with 100 tackles. You wind up paying 50 bucks. Um, and so this has been going on all year with people pledging. Um, and the deal was if he raises $15,000, which is like a function of raising money per tackle and him just having a whole bunch of tackles, uh, he will tackle me. Which I don't know if that gets like paid for and he raises more money for that additional tackle at the end, but that's not really the point. Point is, I'm going to get tackled. And uh, last I saw, he was projected to get like $11,000 or something. Well, that was a projection. That wasn't just exactly. where it was. So that was a projection mm. based on 116 tackles. And at that point, he had 151 tackles, which by my math meant that he had already hit the number. But the fact that this is coming up, does that mean that he hit it? I'm not quite sure if he hit it, but he's going to hit it because we had a super chat come in a couple of weeks ago, right after Christmas. Um, and it was from our friend and OG Danimal. Is there any way we can make that bigger so I could read it? Or Alyssa, if you could just read it. Um, and somehow we missed this super chat. And it was a big, big super chat uh, at first. But then what it says is even cooler. Any chance we can make it just a little bigger <laughs> unless one of you two can read oh, that. God, no. So the Danimal, $50 super chat. He said, I feel like we all need some Christmas cheer after that Patriots game. So I'm going to save the day. Tell Alex Singleton I will come or I will cover the donations needed after week 17 to see the best down to see the beat down happen. Um, And 
He'll pay an extra $1,000 with the condition that he gets to see the tackle in person. Wow. wow. So you're getting tackled. You're so getting tackled. Now. Let's go, Danimal. Yeah, that's cool. Everybody's, I, nobody's on my side here. No. First of all, I, I sat down there and Alex was like, well, how about if we just get $15,000? And it was never like, Henry. What do you think of this? Do you agree? Like, let's let's make a deal here. And it's like, no, he's just going to decide. So I guess great news for all of the special Olympics <laughs> Colorado people. Also, this is a side note. I was talking to him before the season, and I, like, plugged his thing in, like, one of my stories. And one of the things he said was that when he was at the Eagles, he raised $15,000. But last year, uh, they, they only raised, like, $7,000 mm. as a Broncos. He was like, I don't know. Broncos fans need to step up. And apparently, Broncos fans did that. And uh, they did. They yeah. did. Scared now. Yeah. This. <laughs> did you see that hit he had this week? I think it was like a tight end who like caught a pass in front of him. Yeah. And it happened to be like right in front of where my family was sitting, like on the 45 yard line. Uh -oh. It wasn't like, oh no, maybe we should change our stance on this. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be awesome. They're, they're donating yeah. right away after exactly. that tackle. Let's yeah, see no. they go down. <laughs> that was one of his bigger hits this season. He had another one where like a guy was kind of held up. I can't remember what game. It was like on the left hash. And just bang. Those are the best. <laughs> yeah, I just hold them, and you just yeah. see like half the body sticking out. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's time to go. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure how this even works. Like, do I just get like? I, I feel like I want to, the opportunity to run at an angle so that I can kind of. No. You want to be running like I don't Oklahoma be, drill. See Oklahoma <laughs> drill. See that's what that's scares straight. me is that that just yep. that's dangerous. I mean, it's all dangerous. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I would feel bad for you if you just didn't talk so much crap about it for like months. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you started <laughs> this like a year ago, back at the Super Bowl. Like, oh, we've we've made like bets throughout the season on these Montana games, and somehow mm. I've won every single time. Mm. Like, like I I run my mouth, again. and mm -hmm. it's always worked out for me because. Uh, he finally just gets to take it all out after all of this, and that's I, makes me wish I'd play my cards differently. And it's like gonna be in the <coughs> off season. We'll set it up so we get it on fresh. video. Dan will yep. be there. Yeah, he'll be fresh. He's not gonna have to worry about you know slowing down on you. Man, this is gonna be wild. You okay? Sure you gonna is. show up today still? Oh, I'll show up. Maybe it'll happen in the locker room. Yeah. What are the <coughs> odds? I'll remember it. The hit? Yeah. I hope you remember it. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like medical. I don't want you exactly. to die. I mean, yeah. You need an ambulance like, there. <laughs> that might be like a fun pool. Like, try like bet on the, the medical bills. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, you could do it like those Super Bowl squares, you know? You want to get zero hurt bucks so you to five hundred bucks and Shanker. That's what you're trying to get right I now. I think. I mean, I, I think I consented <laughs> though, right? That's true. I, yeah. You did. You yeah. Did, you did consent. Um, did... Is the way that Sean Payton is approaching this game the right way? What is the way in which he's approaching it? <laughs> he, is appro <laughs> <laughs> he is approaching it by saying, we're doing everything to win this game. In fact, he said, we're approaching week 18 as if it is week two in terms of <laughs> if you're injured enough to play in week two, you're playing yep. in week 18. Um, he is playing Jared Stidham by hit, by what he said, because not because of the injury guarantees, but because he thinks it gives the Broncos the <laughs> best chance to win. He's been asked this question since the Broncos were officially eliminated um, four days ago. He's probably been asked this question six times. Like, are you sure you want to win so much as to like play everyone? Are you going to play backups more? Are you going to play young guys more? And every single time, he has said it is super important to win this game. He said, 
Um, the whole time, the whole th time we're learning how to prevent beating ourselves. I think it's extremely important because it's our last opportunity to win this game, and getting to that ninth win means something. Is that the right approach, Todd? I think so. I think you want to. He wants to be a winner, um, and ultimately at nine and eight, you are. You've won more than you lost. Uh, you want to create momentum going into next year, so I think that's important. Um, and as long as he has the opportunity to, to help guys and allow them to get better, I think we have to take it. We can't just go into the yeah. offseason like lax of days ago. Like every game matters, every opportunity <laughs> matters. And so I think it's important that they win the game. Mm. Did you see when Zion Williamson said lackadaisical? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first I've heard that word since then. That's so good. Um, oh, yeah, football. So, uh, I, I mean, yeah, if, if you can go win this game, that's massive. I mean, it reminds me. So, like, remember when we were talking about how nobody had, it was like 85% of people said under two and a half pro bowlers this year. Yep. It's like, no, there's no way. And why is that? Because they never have more than two and a half Pro Bowlers. It's been since 2018 since they had four. And those were, you know, Vaughn and Aqib Tlaib and Casey Kreider, the long snapper, and Chris Harris Jr. So those are like almost like legacy. Not that they have great seasons, yeah. but that wasn't like in this situation where guys are earning it. I think the reason there's so many unders is that for some reason, people don't realize that this is the best season the Broncos ha have had in forever. Yeah, it's if a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, you brought in Sean Payton," it's the exact same thing. No, it is not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Remember back to 2016. That's yeah. the last time, even if they lose this week, that they've been this good. And you have a chance to cap it off, going nine and eight, winning record. Like that's a tangible increase from where you were. Like that's a new high. I think you could go back and find from the beginning of the season, all sorts of different things you want to do. And obviously make the playoffs was the big one, but make the playoffs, you know, and the streak to the chiefs and the streak to the Raiders also, which is kind of on the table, have a winning record and you have a chance to say, Hey, winning record and the chief streak and the Raiders streak miss out on the playoffs. And that stinks. But look at this trajectory we're on. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk of like the, the lions last year and how they finished hot. But I, I think there's, it's, the chance to go into this offseason feeling good about yourself, saying, "Hey, we were this close to making it into the playoffs." I mean, this is this is the big one. This is this this is like the win or lose. Are you are you a winning team or are you a losing team? And that's what's on the line this week. Yeah, I, I think people are a little bit ungrateful for this season yes. as a whole big time. because we've grown accustomed to losing. But now when we are starting to turn the table, like nobody's realizing how much better this is than five and twelve was <laughs> yes. last year. Um, so this is like leaps and bounds better than in how it felt last year and we all got to take this into consideration we got to understand that we do have an opportunity to go over 500 which is always important and it's a building block <clears throat> we haven't reached the mountaintop but we're climbing every mm -hmm. year when the broncos trade for joe <coughs> flacco and it's like oh he's a super bowl winning quarterback maybe they can make the playoffs when they get case keenum who just came off of the Minnesota Miracle, is that yep. what it was called? Um, and took their team to the playoffs when the Broncos drafted Drew Locke and were starting him. When uh, uh, they get Russell Wilson last year, every single year you can, in Broncos country, sells themselves on the idea of this team could could make the playoffs, and that would be a really good year mm -hmm. if they're able to make the playoffs. Um, and then they come up way short. And then yep. the hope builds up again next year. Um, and I think that's what it is just this year is the Broncos had playoff aspirations, but they have that every single year, and they fall way short mm -hmm. of that. 
Um, and I think people just lose sight on, uh, well, it's not the playoffs, so it's just another one of these years, and it's not. You guys mm -hmm. are right. And we talked about it at the beginning of the season. If the Broncos don't make the playoffs, but they go 9-8, and eight, or they, there was even the possibility of like a 10-7 and seven missing the playoffs, is that a successful season? And I think we all said, like, for the first year, yes. Yeah. I think it is because four additional wins from last year. It's a big jump. Now, what do you convince yourself? Now, might be a little more difficult with the new quarterback and all the dead cap, but if they can make a similar jump, let's say it's three games next year, that's 12-5. and five. Mm -hmm. That's winning the division this year and with how the Chiefs are. They're not going to get to 12 wins, so it is a, a big-time jump from... Uh, five and 12 to nine and eight but todd how important is it because they're at least going to be eight and nine uh-huh how important is it to be nine and eight instead of eight and nine or is it important i think it is i think you have to like we said go into this offseason with momentum and it just looks so much better on paper <laughs> to see it yes. nine and eight versus eight and nine um and like you talked about we got an opportunity to finally beat the raiders uh that's important uh it's a big deal as far as the momentum and the ability to, if we need a free agent, you know what I'm saying? You got the ability to say, hey, we were a winning team last year. If we add you to the mix, maybe that makes us, you know, uh, a Super Bowl contender. Mm -hmm. um, but it just leaves our team, you know, in a good space going into next year. Yeah. And I think, I mean, realistically, people probably expected nine and eight. And that was probably even a little bit optimistic to expect. But that's yeah. just like the fan base. That that's the way everything is tinted is you always just expect a little more than you should. Then there might've been some people who expected the playoffs, but I think for the most part, people expected nine and eight. And when's the last time that a Broncos team has met expectations? Like it's been a while. 2015, probably 2015. Like, cause even the year after people like expectation was at least playoffs, you right. know? And, and it's just kind of been that I, it, it would be such a treat to come off a season <laughs> where you're just like, this is, Hey, they did what we expected them to do. You guys have laid out so many reasons why it makes sense to win this game. And there's one more. That's to have a winning record in the division. Mm, when was the last true. time the Broncos did that? My guess is mm -hmm. it's 2015. Probably. Maybe even not 2015. I don't, I don't know when the last time it was. Broncos won't just be 3-3 three and three in the division. They'll be 4-2 and two yep. in the division. Splitting with the Raiders and Chiefs. Sweeping the Chargers. That is monumental. And then, like you said, to break the streak against the Chiefs, to break the streak against the Raiders. Saying all of that, though, you guys are wrong. The Broncos should lose this game. Wow. And I'll tell you why. After I tell you about our friends over at Illegal Pete's, Illegal Pete's is getting bigger and better. They're opening another location in Wheat Ridge in February, so make sure to stop by our friends over at Illegal Pete's. Um, actually, it's open right now. Um, they're bringing their favorite burritos, or their Colorado's favorite burritos, and strong margaritas to mm. the Foothills area and join the party. It's Gold's Marketplace on the corner of 26th and Kipling overlooking Crown Hill Park. Illegal Pete's is your new go-to spot in that area for burritos. Man, they're just filling up the entire state, and it is great because Illegal Pete's is the best for, I mean, their happy hour is killer. Their margs are great. Their queso's the best in town. So check out Illegal Pete's and get in on the amazing food and drinks. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, they... Uh... I had them like cater my little New Year's Eve get together mm. with my family. So 
It's good. Had some nachos, some queso. Yeah. Uh -huh. It was fire. Yeah. And they also, they catered our company party. Yeah, so they did. we love yep. them. Yeah. When we my family was in town, we went there because that's like one of the can't miss. It's legal pizza. It's the best yep. place. Can't beat it. Also DMVR bar. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our there. friends over at Red Hawk Roofing. Uh, Denver's best roofers have joined the DMVR team. They use quality materials. They have def decades of experience. They have a quick response time. And plus, they offer a free, no obligation roof and property inspection, free in depth photo reports for all inspections. If you are looking for a new roof over your home or business, be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing at redhawkroofing.com and tell them DMVR sent you. So it's, <coughs> it's great to uh, finally get a winning record since 2016 it's great to uh -huh. beat the seven game losing streak yep. to the raiders i don't know what's more embarrassing the 15 game losing streak that the broncos had to the chiefs or a seven game losing streak to the raiders because the raiders are trash yeah and they've been trash this entire streak they've, they've not only been trash on the field they've been embarrassing laughing stock off the field and the broncos haven't beat the raiders since they were the oakland raiders wow they've never beat the las vegas raiders how crazy is that? That's very crazy. Because like you said, I mean, losing to the Chiefs sucks, but at least they were winning Super Bowls. Right, right, right. <laughs> at least they were mm -hmm. a really good team. The, the Raiders have been bad, and we still haven't been able to beat them. Uh, we got to get a win. And it's in Vegas. I think it's a great time for us to win. And uh, what was your point about why we shouldn't, why we should lose? <laughs> Did it have anything to do with uh, the draft? Had everything to do with the draft. <laughs> because okay. that's what it boils down to is it would be great to get to 9-8. and eight. For the first time since 2016, we really talked about the Broncos never having back-to-back -back losing seasons since like the 1970s. We talked about that so much in 2017, yeah. so much in 2018, especially when it finally happened, the back-to-back -back losing seasons. We talked about it some in 2019, like, wow, this is really bad. Three back-to-back-to-back -back -back losing seasons. Uh, something that's never happened since the team was founded and now that has kind of just like gone by the wayside because it's been so bad people have just accepted it accepted for one more year mm. um because that's all that is is just accepting that it's ah okay not the best um you never want to lose to the raiders but the streak's already at seven I guess have it be eight. I don't feel good about Ooh. saying that. Yeah, ah. but but that's, again, just an acceptance thing there. Break it next year. Break the winning streak or break the not having a winning record next year as well. Um, be three and three in the division. That's an improvement from what the Broncos have been. So all of these things are just like feel good things to ride into the offseason with. And the momentum, eight, nine, over five and 12 is just big time anyways that, yeah. that three games that's a lot of momentum going into next year but all of these are just feel goods what matters is the draft especially when you need a quarterback and the broncos need a quarterback and uh, if you win this game i think you could fall as far as like 17 or 18 in the draft just depending on how strength of schedule ends up going out at the end of the draft right now the broncos are 14th with the draft position, and they could go all the way up. I think they could get to 10, but I think 11 is a little more realistic of how high they could get up. If they win this meaningless game and they fall, let's say, all the way to 18, when they could get all the way to 10, that's at least one future first-round pick that's going to cost you to get from 18 to 10, and then you're still going to have to move up from there. So let's put all this feel-good stuff aside for for one more year and uh, lose this game there's one other thing too because it's not all about the draft 
I don't like the way Sean's approaching this. And to, I, I, I would never expect Sean to come out and say, yeah, we're trying to lose this game for draft position. Of course not. He's going to say we're trying to win. But any guys that are 100% part of your future next year, uh, maybe ones that have injury guarantees as well that you don't want to be on the hook for, why are they playing? Well, because we already made that move. We already, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already moved that one guy It's true. Guarantee. But I wouldn't have Pat Sertan play in this game. Um, and Sean said you can't sit everyone. Yeah, you don't sit everyone. But uh -huh. the guys that are your stars, because I just saw the Cardinals starting left tackle tear his ACL this past week. It's not like they're just not going to have him in week 18. They're not going to have him maybe all of next season mm -hmm. or all of training camp the first couple months of the season. I am, I am playing scared this week because it doesn't mean anything. I would be sitting a couple of guys. And anyone with, like, a questionable injury – no, don't don't play them. Not right. worth it at all. Uh, think about draft position. Think about next year. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's man. a tough to be position to be in as a competitor. I think anybody who's already on like the injury watch list, like a Cortland Sutton, like okay, no, you're not playing. There's okay. no reason to rush back. But if you're healthy and you could play, I think you should play, man. I think this is yep. your job. We signed up for it, and ultimately we want to come and we want to win. So. Got to find a way to do that. Um, draft. Let's talk about the draft position. Yeah. Now, that is where I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I kind of understand the <laughs> argument. Uh, because, like you said, you're going to have to spend more picks just to get back from 18 to 10th. That's the only thing I would sit guys for. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason. Not just not to preserve health. Right. I wouldn't. Fair. I think guys okay. have to play. Okay. But for a draft position, I would do that. So the way the draft position works out. So if every game the favorite wins, which is, I mean, it's NFL, it's unlikely. Every game the favorite wins, the Broncos win this week, they'll have the 14th pick. Broncos lose, 12th pick. Ah, it is what it is. Like, go win the damn football game. Like, this is what it's all about, going and beating the Raiders. Like, I get that this is the NFL and not college football. Like, college football it really is just like, you get the game against the rival. Postseason hardly even matters. Like, it'll, maybe you'll change a little bit next year, but right now there's like 10 teams, 12 teams in the entire country who are worried about, like, we got to make it to the playoffs. Like, we got to go do this. For everybody else, it's like Colorado's playing Nebraska. Why do we care about this game? It's not because it affects our playoff chances. It's because we hate Nebraska. And it's a little bit different in the NFL, obviously, because more teams have a chance, and it is more about the postseason. At the same time, though, this is the Oakland Raiders, and you really want to have them take this 8-0 run now if they lose and be able to say, hey, we've got this on you guys. No, of course not. That's terrible. That's terrible. You have a chance to go 9-8, and eight, say we have something to build on. We were one bounce away from making the playoffs. Like, all of a sudden, you have a trajectory. You have, like, good feelings. Like, you have the opportunity to say, like, we're on the up and up. The NFL needs to pay attention to us. We have something to build off of. You go lose this game to the Raiders, what? You lose three of your last five down the stretch. Like, you're all of a sudden just another nobody, nothing team that isn't relevant to the NFL. Go win this damn game. Who cares about draft position? Give me a break. No one's talking about these Broncos for the next six weeks because they finished the season three and two the down the stretch weeks. instead of two weeks. and three. That's playoff time. No, but then but then the, the nine and eight is not that much different than the eight and nine. Sean Payton can still yes, sell Broncos. <laughs> I don't think so. Sean Payton can still sell Broncos fans, free agents, whatever. Three games last year. Let's get three games this year. Uh, or at least even two games if you want to say that that goes down. 
10 and 7, making the playoffs this next year. And you can't compare it to college football and, and rivals in college football, especially in this situation, because in college football, what's a downside of, or is there any upside of losing a game at the end of the season? No, because there's no draft position. So it's totally different. There is upside that is going to literally cost you draft capital or players in order to move up. Now, I might be taking your guys' side if the Broncos didn't need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. If it was Russ going into next year, because then, okay, well, whatever. Broncos can get the second-best wide receiver or they can get the third-best wide receiver in the draft if they're at 12 or if they're at 16 or whatever. But the fact that it is so clear they need a quarterback, they are going to be trading up most likely for a quarterback. What are we doing? Costing the yeah. team. Uh, I mean, you, you said 12 to 14. That's like a third-round pick right there. But exactly. it could even be how many favorites? How, how many times does a favorite always win? In the NFL, never. There's always under, mm -hmm. especially this week, where there's so many backups playing and weird stuff happening because it's week 18 and so many teams are sitting there, guys. There are going to be upsets. So that gap could grow to where now winning this game costs you a future second-round pick. Or even if it's as big as it could be, like 11 to 18, that's another first-round pick. I see your yeah. guys' point, but that's all feel-good stuff. The losing that's what this, sports are for. What's a Super Bowl? Feel good. Feel good stuff. Well, that's you're a Super Bowl champion, and it feels good. That's why you like it because it feels <laughs> you know, good. Tom, what'd you get out after the Super Bowl? Didn't they give you a little piece of jewelry? Oh, okay. It wasn't just a feel good pat on the back. How's that no, feel? No, no, no. Does that feel good? A little heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy. Okay. I don't know, Zach. I feel like you were trying to gas me up with the ten to eighteen when it was really twelve to fourteen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, twelve to fourteen seems like. You need to go win the game. Yeah. If there is a if there's a way for us to get to really get to ten, then maybe you don't. But I don't think Sean is going to or wants to tank. I feel like he had an opportunity. We could be sitting at third right now. Yeah. If you know the goal was to get a quarterback yeah. Yeah. the whole time, so I think it's more about winning. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin's big thing is he's never had a losing season yep. his whole tenure at the Steelers. Sean doesn't want to start with one. Yeah, yep. no, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. I would have never expected Sean to take a different approach uh -huh. to this, but he has been as hard stanced about this as you can get. Mm -hmm. And so I do believe him that he wants to win this oh, game. Yeah. And I expect that every coach wants to be like that, even yeah. one that is as far from being on the hot seat as you can get with Sean Payton because he's got 80 million reasons that yeah. he's not on the hot seat <laughs> from ownership standpoint. Um, I just... And... Uh, I, I'm not telling Broncos fans to be cheering for the Broncos to lose huh. to the Raiders. I'm just saying if the game ends and the Broncos lose, it's going to be a good thing. Oh, that's such a like losing mentality, though. That's so... Uh, and that is the thing, though. It's like, uh, obviously, all this conversation doesn't matter except for for the fans, you know? Because, because like for draft positioning. Well, yeah, but but like... Every player on the team is trying to win this right, game. Right, right, right. Every yep, player yep, wants yep. to win. Every coach wants to win. Yeah. Everybody in the Broncos building wants to win. So it's like, it's not a discussion of like... So Zach may be the only person who doesn't want to win. I mean, <laughs> based on the like chat, like... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you yes, go. let's there go. go. Yeah, um, so like, it is only like outsiders. Like, how should people cheer for the game? You know, it's not like, should they actually tank? Because they would never actually do it. Like, it's not a real conversation. But like, it's... 
in in when you know that they're trying to win, if it, I don't want to see that they are trying to win and can't do it. I want to see that they want to go win this game and they are capable of winning this game because. Like we've talked about, like if you get a rookie quarterback, you're not upgrading the quarterback position. Like uh, probably, like there's like the ten percent chance or whatever that your I quarterback. I think Sean thinks he will. Oh, Sean can think what he wants, but he's dead wrong <laughs> if that's what he thinks. Okay. Like, like the numbers say, like that's just not going to happen. So, Sean's never had a rookie quarterback to prove you wrong, though. That's true, but there have been like fifteen, thirty rookies the last three years, and how have they gone? And so I, we, it's we need to look through the coaches that those rookies have had uh-huh. at some point because I, I truly don't know. Yeah, but. I think I'll take Sean above. When you any look of them. at Jared Stidham's pass rating, that ninety-three point eight this week, though, there's one quarterback in the last three years who's had a ninety-three point eight or better in the last three years, and that's that's CJ Stroud. But so, so that's where the thing is, like, the rookie quarterback odds are is not just going to all of a sudden elevate you. What you need is for him to have a good team. And to me, like, this is a big week for figuring that out. Are you better than these Raiders or are you not? Because if you're not better than these Raiders, you're not adding a rookie quarterback next year and all of a sudden making a playoff run. Like, that's just not comprehensible to me. And I'll say this last thing. I think it's good for everybody on the team to finish with a winning season because it starts the winning culture. Yes. Because when you put that rookie into this locker room, it's going to be this, a lot of the same guys and the same mentality of going 5-12 and 12 and 8-9 and nine is still in that locker room. He's going to come in there and it's going to – they're going to lose again. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So this game, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so tell me if I'm wrong. This game determines if the Broncos have a winning culture or not. Absolutely. It's mm. been so much up and down throughout the entire season. If they finish as winners, that's all they'll remember, mm. and they'll be able to grow on that. But if they lose again, they'll start. They'll think about the 1-5 start. Yeah. They'll talk about Miami. They'll talk about losing mm-hmm. to the Patriots when they had the opportunity to get to the playoffs. It'll be all negatives instead of saying, like, hey, we started, we started slow. Yep. We ended strong. We we got to nine and eight. Let's see what we could do next year. Yeah, it's one of those where it just it decides what you are. Are you eight an eight and nine team or a nine and eight team? And to me, that is a massive, massive, massive difference. Probably the biggest difference there is. Oh, maybe between zero give and one. Me a break. What, like, would you see? Would you say maybe bigger difference between zero one and one and zero, or like sixteen and or sixteen and one, seventeen and zero? The I Ra- think those might be if bigger. The Raiders, eight, if nine, the Raiders nine, win, they'll be an eight nine team, right? Yeah. Are they a good team? No. If do you they feel win, positive? They're eight and nine. Yeah. Do you feel positive about the Raiders going forward next year? Do you feel like they're a dominant team? Um, dominant? No. Do are I think good? if the Broncos win, are they a dominant team? No, I don't. No, I don't think, I don't think, think they're dominant. But do dominant. you feel like you know they're a pretty good team? I, so the Raiders have something different than the Broncos, though. I. I think regardless, they're trending in the right direction with Antonio Pierce. I think Unfortun- so, too. Unfortunately. 
Uh, and remember when they did that with Rich Bisaccia? Uh, and then they decided to go a different direction. Of course, of course. And, that, and I think that would be a uh, really stupid mistake by yeah. Mark Davis. And, uh, and I wouldn't and, be but, but, surprised but, but, if they did that. And, and Mark Davis but, moved but, but, on but, 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 and went and got someone else. Yeah, but, and then what if the Broncos beat him this week? How does that change those odds? Um, Do they all of a sudden start looking at You don't think this game matters for Antonio Pierce's future? I, don't, I have no idea okay. what Mark Davis does or doesn't do. Okay. Um, I think this could be a big one for him. I think we've we've already seen who was it? Uh, Devontae Adams yesterday uh-huh. came out and like said, "I love Coach. Yep. I want him back. This is how mm-hmm. the entire locker room feels." I don't think that locker room is going to change and be like, "Yeah, this guy's trash." If they lose no. and mm-hmm. be like, "No, he he lost us." So I do think it's probably decided I, already. But again, I, Mark Davis is he makes wild to sit like hiring Josh <laughs> McDaniels all the time. So I don't know. I don't want to stand by Mark Davis. And uh, say what he's gonna do or not. Yeah. Um, we got a comment from someone, and they said, uh, um, essentially, it's a win-win for the Broncos this week. Do you agree with that? If they win, they're nine and eight. Yeah. They lose, they get higher draft picks. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I guess we could okay. put it like that, that. I mean, Henry, can you agree with that or no? It's a, I. You could say it's a win-win. You could say it's a lose-lose. Like it just—it's like a glass half full, glass half empty thing. You pick your side there. Wow. Like I'm, it's not. Uh, I'm gonna be Russell Wilson and take the uh, glass the half positive. full yeah. side. Yeah, I'm rolling with yeah. you, Todd. <laughs> I mean, just because we haven't quite gotten into the actual numbers, so there is, there's probably a chance you could be tenth. There's probably a chance you could be seventeenth. There might—it might not be possible. Like that, you might need like there. There's a way that if everything works perfectly, you probably could get to um, 10 or 17. More likely, you're looking at the 11 to 16 range. I agree. And again, like 11 and 16 are the extremes. Right. So again, it kind of pushes inward. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just just to like that's that's what you're actually looking like. But we've had this conversation so many times over the years and over these past few weeks of uh, you control what you can control Mm -hmm. and uh, like. True. Odds were that if the Broncos won last week, that they yep. would still be in playoff contention this week, but they couldn't control everything. And we saw that the controllables didn't, or the uncontrollables didn't go their way. And yep. that's why this game is meaningless that's in terms like, of the yeah. playoffs. So that's why I just don't like yeah. leaving it and like, oh, well, if the Broncos win and everything else goes their way, they'll still be 14th mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. But I mean, if it winds up being like 11th or 16th is the difference, you have to give up another second round pick. It's like, fuck it. I mean, if you're trading multiple firsts and Pat Sertan to get way up in the draft, like throw in another second. It doesn't matter. Like you've kind of screwed yourself over draft wise anyway. Like, oh my gosh, you don't have a second round pick this year. So now you're trading another second round pick. Plus, like you said, maybe a great player yeah. and first round picks. That's oh my gosh, talk like, about a depleted team. <laughs> it's just one of those things <sighs> though. Like if you're actually trading up, if you're actually like trading up, trading up, like you're getting way up there. You're giving up a haul. Like, it, it is what it is. Like, make it a little you're not, less. Yeah, but also have a little bit better team. This game does not change how good the team is or not. Really? I think, See, it, just I sh- think it does. I, I think, think it does. I think it doesn't change uh, their actual talent level. I right. just think it changes the mentality. I think that football mentality yeah. is 90%, 80% of the game. And so I just need the guys in the locker room to feel like we're building something here. And you're already going to get a new quarterback. You're already in a position where you're going to make some big changes. You have to have mm-hmm. everybody else balled in that Sean's the guy. He knows what he's doing. He took us from 5-12 and 12 to 9-8, and eight and we're, we're building something. We just need one more piece. And I don't know if 
that mentality is there going losing this last game. Fair. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And like in terms of like it doesn't change like how good a player is, right. but it's just one of those things where like you learn over the course of a season where it's like your your range of outcomes are like here to here and it's like, "Oh, you lost, you lost, you lost." They started so slow and then all of a sudden the bottom comes up a little bit. Should have started my hands differently, but then like this is kind of that final piece where you say like is this a, a, a B minus team or is it a C plus team? And that to me is a big difference. So the Lions went nine and eight last year, right? Yep. yep. And they finished six and two right to end of the year. Um, even more, they started one and six. Yep. So they finished eight and two. Yeah, eight yeah. and two. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't in this predicament needing a new quarterback. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah they, they, they weren't. Um, but that so, is something that Sean has pointed to since the team was one and five. He yep. said, those Lions of last year started one and six. They finished nine and eight. They got so much momentum. And at that point, we said, like, well, if the Broncos aren't going to uh, tank and, like, get the number one overall pick, which at that point seemed like maybe best case scenario because they were one and five, um, we said, yeah, maybe doing the Lions. Look at that mm-hmm. upward trajectory. Yeah. I think the Broncos have already made that upward trajectory clear enough. Um, but yeah, that's Sean's aiming to be the Lions. Here's We're another fun one. So last year, nine and eight teams Jags, Dolphins, Seahawks, Lions, Steelers, eight and nine, Bucks, Patriots, Packers. One group looks a lot better this year than the other. Um, uh, the eight and nine teams all need a new quarterbacks. Exactly. The Broncos are going to need a new quarterback regardless of if oh. they win this game or not. Or. Will they? We're actually going to talk about that. <laughs> what if Jared Stidham goes out on Sunday no. and has a Matt Flynn type of performance? We're going to get into that a little bit on Saturday. We have a f- special show on Saturday live from Las Vegas, a day before the Broncos Raiders game. So make sure to stay tuned. We're going live at the same time, 11 a.m. So make sure to join us on your Saturday before the uh, couple of NFL games get started on Saturday. It's going to be a blast of a show. Do we have any super chats, Alyssa? We have oh. one super chat that we're going to get to on the way out from a Las Vegas native. I actually don't know if Cody's a native, but he, he lives is. in Las Vegas. We're going to meet him in Las Vegas. He says, see you Sunday, boys. Let's go. <laughs> Hashtag yes. Circa. I was told the super chats wouldn't come through with the word fucking in it. Really? Yeah. I hadn't, I'm not in those circles, so I hadn't heard. But yeah, Cody also said two other things today. One was that he thinks Alex is going to pull up before he hits me. Mm. That's wrong. He does not know Alex, that guy. Yeah. No, I disagree. The other one was that he also said that all the radio hosts there are saying that uh, this is the big game for Antonio Pierce. Mm. So again, that's, there are equivalent, so who knows what that's even worth, but it is what it is. Is this a big game for Sean? No. For his future? Uh, I think it is just for... Oh. I think it's important to be a winning head coach. You can't say anything bad about a coach that consistently wins. Yeah, Mike Tomlin didn't have a great year every year, but you know that he's a winner every year. And as time goes on, that's all that's talked about. Is whether you won or lost. Has he locked that winning record in again? Or are they 8-8 eight and eight right now? No, they're... Uh, they're nine they've got 9. Yeah, they're 9-7. Yep. and seven. Insane. Yep. It, he always pulls it out. Always. Whoa. That is in... The- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what his kid situation's <laughs> like, so I'm not going to go there. Uh, but we're going to uh, pull out of this show right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for rolling with us today. We'll see you Saturday, 11 a.m. DNVR Sports YouTube. <laughs>
the mayor. 